into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geek's Watch. This week, folks, we are back, John, talking about Stranger Things Season 2. They keep getting Stranger Stranger, yeah, it's a good way to put it. Uh, We are talking about the much... I don't know what's the word despised episode i from what i gathered from the internet episode um, seven today ill received ill received i think that's a good way of putting it uh and i will definitely have to i'll be giving my opinion on that john will give you his opinion and uh we'll see if it matches up in one word bitchin bitchin <laughs> uh okay but before that let's get in some geek news oh you know what before before any of that, let's go ahead and say uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Oh, Merry Christmas, this everyone. Is, uh, you know, this will be coming out on Christmas Eve. Tomorrow will be, will be Christmas Day, and hope everybody has a safe and happy holiday. So when, let's first thing we're going to talk about is the box office for The Last Jedi. Now, we did a whole episode last week talking about just The Last Jedi. John... What is the news with the box office this week? Tremendous drop in uh, sales, apparently. I think they had a 60% um, reduction of uh, tickets this time, this week around, second week. Big drop off. Right, um, yeah. The drop in ticket sales dropped uh, about 60% from the from its opening weekend. Now, that that seems to be a thing that they they talk about a lot lately. Like I remember for Batman v Superman, there was like a seventy five percent drop between opening weekend and, and closing weekend. No, not closing weekend. I mean, start second second weekend. However, I would have to say that with uh, the Last Jedi, if everybody already went and saw it the first week, yeah, you don't get the second biggest like opening. You know, for nothing. Yeah, and, and I mean that's you're very hard pressed to keep those numbers up. <laughs> I would, I would imagine so. I mean, I guess that that uh, that uh, that goes towards the whole rewatchability of the episode of the show, of the movie. But I also think that with the the holiday around, people might have other things they need to get done. Yeah, and honestly, I think the word of mouth is getting to the point where, I mean, unless some people are really just going back to hate watch it. <laughs> maybe see if they can uh, get a different perspective on like second or third viewing i've seen like three or four different internet reviewers that i watch consistently say that they have to go watch it a couple more times after their first time just to kind of really understand what it is they don't like about it and i'm <laughs> like well but you're giving them money though you know like <laughs> well i mean if they're reviewers did they did they have to pay the first time 
I think it depends. Some yeah. of them do. I mean, unless they get invited to a specific event. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, so, well, I mean, I, I, I guess you have to bring up. You have to, even though it's not really. I don't think it's really a good metric to to measure movies. But you bring up the the Rotten Tomato score. Yeah, it's one of the weirdest divides I've seen in uh, movies in a while where all the critics seem to love it. It's got a 97% fresh rating when it comes to critic reviews. But yet it's still at, it's like 52% it's like, for yeah. audience reviews. Now, that's the opposite of like Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. Yeah. The critics usually hate hate those two. Yeah, exactly. And the audience is still in love with it. So I don't understand people in general when it comes to things like this. I'm like, I feel like... Batman v Superman, Justice League, and the uh, I was gonna say the Force Awakens again. <laughs> I keep wanting to like not see the Last Jedi for something reason. My brain's trying to block it out. It may be, but um, yeah, for the most part, I would say that they were all pretty flawed movies. But yet, audiences, you know, will usually like them even if critics don't like them. And in this case, it seems to be the exact opposite by quite a big margin. And again, I don't understand why. I mean. It's it's it is a beloved franchise, but I the critics maybe are just much better at understanding the language of cinema, and there's just maybe you it's know too highbrow, man. That is that is what I'm getting a lot. Like what I'm a lot hearing a lot, and from reading a lot is like from the people that are considered critics or reviewers. You know, they are astounded by Ryan Johnson's filming of the movie. And you know, I mean, they like their the story too, but like I keep hearing a lot of praise for the way that the movie looks and you know there you go i mean he's he's a stylistic director i'll, I'll give him that he yeah. he makes pretty movies yes he does uh i'll never fault him for making a good looking slick movie but i just it feels hollow and without any real spirit in it, it it's just the first movie that doesn't feel like a star wars movie to me even rogue one felt more star warsy than this and i didn't <laughs> like rogue one <laughs> well there you go yeah uh all right Let's see. We got where else we're going to go? The Office, John. Did you watch The Office, the uh, American version when it was on TV? Yes. Uh I only saw a little bit of the British Office, but I love the American Office. Um I felt like it went a little off the rails after Carell left, but I still kept watching it. I it did enough to keep me interested. And overall, yeah, I was a really big fan of it. See, I I mean I watched all of the the British Office and I watched all of the the US Office. I I actually I still enjoyed it after Carell left. I, I I think it was it was more of a to me the show was more about uh, Jim and Pam. So as long as they were still there, I was okay. But mm-hmm. uh, apparently NBC has decided that late 2018, 2019, early 2019, they want to bring the show back. I mean that's what they're doing now. They're bringing they just brought back Will and Grace. <laughs> they uh abc is bringing back roseanne um jeez i mean i don't under i don't really understand it i th- i would imagine they probably wanted to bring back friends but they couldn't <laughs> because all of those people were like super uber rich now and they couldn't get them back yeah but, they screwed up on that one but uh yeah i i don't know that i how do you feel about uh, the show returning if it returns um, I think it's fine. I think it'll be a sign of the apocalypse if they manage to get everyone back for Seinfeld, though. <laughs> That's when we know that the end is nigh. Yeah, I I just don't like. 
you want to talk about uber rich jerry seinfeld is <laughs> uber rich i don't think that's happening oh no he wouldn't do it for the money it would definitely be some kind of crazy like performance art that he'd be doing at that point <laughs> he'd be going like full andy kaufman on us i was gonna say would it be all done in cars or something <laughs> Actually, I'd be interested to see how they handle the uh, whole like Michael Richards situation. But that was so long ago. Do you, I mean, do, do you think that's still a thing? Is that a is that still lingering in the the? I think it would come back mind? if he was back in the limelight. I mean, he's completely disappeared from most media that I know of. That's true. You're right. And, but if he came back, that you could definitely bet that would be a topic of discussion. Okay. Uh, I always say. I would say this that I probably wouldn't watch it just like I don't watch The Will and Grace. So I just I, I don't feel like there's a need to rewatch these shows as they being brought back. Just let, let's start with new stuff. Yeah, definitely could use some newer stuff. Okay, uh, did you you had another story right? Uh, Margot Robbie is saying that there's like four Harley Quinn projects coming down the pipeline from DC. Um, not sure exactly if any of these will actually materialize because at this point it's just her talking right but uh yeah so she's supposed to be in the next suicide squad which i do believe is in development um then there's going to be the harley quinn solo movie a harley and joker movie and gotham city sirens and there's supposed to be the harley quinn animated show and the animated one as well that she's again supposed to do the I voice know. for why she would be doing the voice when they still have Tara Strong, but <laughs> I guess whatever. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Uh, do you, are you have you have you been reading uh, Batman White Knight? I have not, but I heard it's 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 pretty out there. It it is kind of out there. So I've, I'm only two issues in. I think there's three issues out, and in the second issue, well, in the story, it's a uh, Joker um, is has convinced people that you know he's a normal guy now he's on his meds um he he was only the the joker as a like the police made him a mascot for all the evil in gotham he he he's convinced people that he never killed anybody and he never did really did anything really wrong uh so uh now that he's back on his meds and he's a free man he goes back to his his place and he's going there to make amends with with Harley, and Harley's there, and uh, it looks like a Harley from like Suicide Squad. And uh, he's like, you know, I, I've treated you badly all these years. I've neglected you. I've abused you, but you stuck with me. So I'd love to, you know, make you an honest woman. And like as he's doing that, pro- proposing to her, he she like like knocks him down and kicks him and it's like, no, this isn't what I want. I want, I want the Joker. I want, you know, I want the Joker to come out and, and we cause havoc and ruin stuff and, and, you know, mistreat each other and all that stuff. And then as that's happening, another Harley walks in and knocks her down <laughs> and says, he doesn't want you. He wants me. I'm the original Harley. And she's dressed in the original Harley Quinn outfit. The black and red outfit? Yeah. With those boob tassels things? Yep. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing. And she and then he, she goes on to explain, like, you know, there was a time, you know, when you were so obsessed with Batman, you didn't realize that I was there. And, like, I, I knew that I would never be the number one in your mind. Batman would always be your number one. So I just, I walked away. And this other Harley you know, took my place because she wanted that crazy. So, but then now he, he's now that he's on his meds, she's taking her meds because she's also a psychiatrist, you know, and they're okay. And they're, they're a power couple in Gotham. 
you know, I was ready to dismiss this, and now I'm like, you know what? I'm on board. It's a weird story. <laughs> I want to see where this goes. Yeah, now. you should read it. It is. It is. <laughs> it is oddly strange. And then he uses he uses uh, Mad Hatter's tech on Clayface, and then he puts pieces of Clayface into all the villains' drinks so that he can he can control them by controlling Clayface. Because they ingest, you know, pieces of Clayface, and he has Clayface has control of all of his body. Yeah, sounds like he's going God mode in the DC. Yeah, right. That's pretty clever. Yeah. So, uh, I like the idea though that the original Harley considered Joker to be cheating on her with Batman, because that's who he was really focused on. That whole like love triangle situation was interesting, (laughs) to the point where he didn't even notice that. Harley switched out. <laughs> yeah, it was a different person. That's that's awesome. Uh, I want to talk about a photo that Ryan Reynolds tweeted out. Um, it is of Deadpool on a beanbag and like Cable coming through a portal. Like it looks like a time portal, and they're kind of recreating the creation of man as done by Michelangelo on the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. And in the corner, it says the second coming. Now, I don't think there's been any official announcement of what if Deadpool 2 is going to have a subtitle or not. But wouldn't that be like the perfect subtitle for like Deadpool? It would. It works on many levels. On many levels. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I don't know if that's that was supposed to be the announcement uh, <laughs> that that's the, the title of the movie or not. But it says the second coming 2018. So... Uh, I say take that as you will. Yeah, and you will take it. Oh, he'll make sure you take it. (laughs) Uh, Did you have another story? Uh, Yeah, some potential concept art or maybe a working like VFX of Venom was released Mm -hmm. where uh, he kind of looks like the Tyrannosaurus from the end of the Super Mario Brothers movie. (laughs) Kind of lizard-like, right. but still venomish. Uh-huh. Um, it wasn't colored, and I think somebody online kind of gave it the venom color scheme. I think Boss Logic did. Yeah, and it looked interesting. I mean, it it, it kind of falls in line with like an ultimate version of Venom. I think it's not that kind of uh, McFarlane version mm-hmm. where he's basically like a roided-out black symbiote Spider-Man. Right. This looks more like a Mc, like a. Not a McFarlane, but like like a Xeno, not a Xenobite. What is it? A Xenomorph, kind of. Oh, okay. It's got the you, slightly You had head. trouble remembering the word you know, Xenomorph? One of the biggest alien fans I know. The, all these, you know, working customer service for an insurance company. <laughs> there's so many things that go through your head throughout the day that I think it's starting to push out my, like, geek stuff. Oh, no, no. Can't, we can't have that. that that's not good. Uh, we'll have to make sure you watch some more geek things because maybe uh, that plus, you know, The Last Jedi has just fried your brain. Oh, no. See, I realized my mistake when going to watch The Last Jedi is I went to see it sober. Ah. I enjoyed Justice League quite a bit after four Irish car bombs. That's a, that's a lot of that's a lot of <laughs> car bombs. That's a lot of Guinness. Jesus yes, Christ. Yes, rip my liver. Yeah, I would. Yeah, no kidding. Uh yeah, yeah, I saw I saw some of that concept art. That's that's I don't know. I I, I can dig that. I uh, I think it would be definitely better than Spider Man Three. Uh, so the Venom we got there. I'd like it if it wasn't even like CGI. If they just painted Tom Hardy's face black and he just like mimed the symbiote actions. 
be like a low budget but real like gritty style you know uh, no i'm gonna say no now <laughs> don't do that maybe just give them some fake teeth to look more like pointy jesus <laughs> uh uh all right ian mckellen now the stories that came out of when he was making the hobbit there's i mean and i don't no idea if it's true but i just it's the rumor that i know i heard uh, there's there's a point in the movie. I think it's specifically during the 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 dinner scene. Yes. When he when they were filming that, he sits there and he just he's he's in costume and he's in a green room, and he just kind of stops acting and 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 almost like he starts weeping. And you know, people ask what you know what's wrong, and he's like, you know, I'm this is I, when I said I was gonna when I was an actor, this isn't what I thought I was gonna be doing. Just sitting in a green room talking to myself. As cameras rolled, uh, but with all that being said, <laughs> and uh, the idea that um, Amazon is going to be making this uh, Lord of the Rings TV series, he says he's ready to come back and play Gandalf. Yeah, I don't know why though. I mean, he doesn't have to. He d- he doesn't have to. That's I doubt for sure. they're going to pay him what he was earning in those other movies. That's, this is TV budget. Uh, yeah, it's TV. Well, and but it's also Amazon. They got a lot of money. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to be spending the same amount for a miniseries that, you know, a movie studio would be doing for a three-parter movie. I just think that he probably think he remembers that when he did Lord of the Rings, there was a lot more people, like regular-sized people that he didn't have to work against green screen with. So, like, you know, with... Um, uh, Sean Bean? Sean Bean, but also... Uh, Strider, Vigo Mortensen. Vigo Mortensen, thank you. You know he's there, so it's not the same, I guess. Legolas. And then they did a lot of uh, forced perspective. So in many scenes, he was with the Hobbit actors. That's true. They, they did a just, lot of forced perspective in yeah. that movie. I think, and but I imagine in the Hobbit that the the reason you know there was they did CGI's is because he's the only one that's not the same size. Yeah, everyone else was to scale except him. Yeah. So I have to do that, yeah. I don't know why. Well, and, and another thing is, what are they going to be covering? Is it going to be a retelling of The Lord of the Rings? Or is it going to be some of the other stuff in the canon, like Silmarillion <laughs> stuff? Because, I mean, yeah, I guess you could redo Lord of the Rings if you do a more book accurate. Because you could definitely get like 10 hours out of it that way. Uh, I mean, there's so much stuff that they cut from the books or had to change for time constraints and just for clarity. But I just wonder if it's even really necessary to do that. If they explored a different part of the Lord of the Rings, that that would be much more interesting to me. Like, uh, you know, some of the stories in the Silmarillion. I would love it if someday they could somehow figure out how to adapt the uh, the creation story from uh, the Lord of the Rings into some kind of visual narrative i mean it's really dense though it's i don't know like i'd love to see it i don't know if they could make it into like a bankable movie or even tv show though i you know i i don't know i would have to assume that they're gonna they're gonna have to do something a little bit different so that it's not it's not the same maybe finally explain why they couldn't use the eagles for like every major like event (laughs) Uh, that is the big one, right? Yeah. Uh, did you have another story? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much it for now. Sarah Paulson. Uh, do you watch American Horror Story? I think that's, that's one of the ones that she's on. 
No, but I'm familiar with the actress. She she has come out and said she would love to play Cheetah in, in Wonder Woman 2. And how do you feel about that? I don't really know the character Cheetah all that well. Sarah Paulson's a great actress, though, so sure. I, I, I mean, obviously, the fight scenes, they'll get someone to be... Uh, uh, a stunt, a stunt double to to do that stuff. Or so. CGI, since she'd probably have to be moving yeah. superhumanly fast. True, for a half leopard female cheetah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Black Panther for some reason. So, th- yeah, there, that's a thing. Yeah, I don't know if she's. It's not that she doesn't look the part, because obviously a character like that, you'd have to either wear a lot of makeup anyway, or it's going to be some weird cheetah costume. I was going to say leopard again. Cheetah costume. Um, now, is she like a magical like character, or is she like just like some kind of weird biological anomaly? I'm not too familiar I'm with cheetah. I'm pretty sure it's a, like a, a science experiment gone wrong kind of thing. Okay. Like Spider-Man. I see. One of those types of situations. Yeah. I thought it was like she was some kind of ancient mystic, uh, you know, panth from the Greek pantheon character. Because I thought, she was, wasn't she always going up against Wonder Woman? You know, it, that's a good question. Because I'm also thinking of, uh, there's a there's a cheetah character in, in Marvel. So, I don't... Well, that one I'm even less familiar with. Yeah. Then there's Chitara in uh, Thundercats. Thundercats. Yeah, that's the one I'd like to see. Uh, let me see. Let me let me look her up real quick. What is it? It has to say. I know that she has a big presence in the um, in Injustice Part Two. Um, and there's a couple other things I've seen her in, like other media besides comics, because. I just don't really remember that much about her, like what her main motivations are, her goals. You know, I don't think she's like an important person overall. I mean, she's one of the few characters that I guess I would assume that when you think of villains for Wonder Woman, she's one of the few that that comes up. Yeah, that's that's one like. So what's her real thing going to be? So, it just looks like. Barbara develops a passion for archaeology that eventually led her to search out a tribe in Africa who utilizes a female guardian with the powers of a cheetah. A band of marauders kill the guardian. Most of that remained of her original expedition. Barbara will, with the aid of the priest, Chuma, the caretaker of the ancient plant god Urzakartaga, takes her place after being told that she would gain immortality. So, magical? Sounds like Enchantress Part 2. Yeah. Uh, That's what I thought it was. That was some kind of supernatural thing, but I don't... I mean, I think I might have been thinking of the cheetah that's over in, uh, in the Marvel side. In the Marvel side, yeah, so... Okay. Yeah, that would make more sense than to be like a Spider-Man type villain. Yeah. Because they, yeah, you know... Everything over there, people were made by science. Everything over he- on DC, it's people made by magic. On a side note, uh, seeing how there's looks like there's going to be a large component of um, Infinity War that seems to take place in or near Wakanda, because there's like some very jungly looking yeah, you're right. fighting areas. 
How awesome would it be to get a glimpse of Craven the Hunter? Oh, wow. I mean, I would assume Craven the Hunter is part of the Sony like characters since they I don't know, from what it sounds like the only thing that Marvel's allowed to touch with Spider-Man is Spider-Man himself. Spider-Man at May and that's Oh, it. yeah, Aunt May edition. I mean, I guess that's just and it's the like Vulture, hard. I mean, and Scorpion. Yeah, but they they were they're part of the the homecoming movie like the only thing that showed up in the marvel movie is uh is aunt may oh i see good point there yeah so i don't know i i have i can't sit here to 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 even speculate what it is that contract and dealings meant but yes that would be pretty awesome um yeah i would assume that in black panther we're gonna find out that there's a a gem there one of the stones well yeah i mean there's still one unaccounted for and either adam warlock's gonna have it or some people speculate that it might even be heimdall that has it i have heard that and that's the reason why he can he sees everything yeah why he can see everything except for jane that one time when she got near the ether right and uh that's which is another stone yeah, and that supposedly that's the reason why in the flashback or flash forward that Thor has in Age of Ultron, uh-huh. when he sees like a sort of like an undead Heimdall, his eyes are white instead of gold. It's because at that point he no longer has the stone. It's like a vision of the future. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that's definitely some fan speculation you know, just <laughs> gone wild. And yeah, so I mean, we know that Vision has one stone. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange has one stone. Loki. Loki has a stone. The Nova Corps. The Nova Corps has a stone. The Collector. Does the Collector still have a stone? He should still have the ether. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I won't go into spoilers, but I know for a fact he still has the ether. Okay, so he still has the ether. Yes. And that just leaves the one stone unaccounted for. And then, yeah, the, the Soul Gem yeah hmm. maybe that's the one that we each carry inside us all oh I, it, maybe it's inside of uh, uh some <laughs> maybe it's uh just hidden dug it's in the earth somewhere that's why and they need to bring back superman wait what <laughs> <laughs> yeah but quicksilver has to hit it just try always dead oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay because fox is back so they had the quicksilver from that oh, the universe they can carry that quicksilver <laughs> over the x-men movies uh which you know some people say that's the better quicksilver i don't say that I, but some people say that i say that yeah, for fa- sure fair enough because it's the only quicksilver that does is like super fast uh running while listening to like awesome 70s and 80s hits yeah but would you be a- would he be able to hear that music wouldn't he be traveling faster than the music you know what i have a theory okay a fan theory if you will a fan theory. Yes, that Quicksilver doesn't just go fast. He makes the stuff around him go fast? No, he makes everything around him go slow. He slips out of regular time. So he himself is a pocket of his own time. And so anything that's with him is still going normal time, but he perceives everything around him to be going super slow. And to us, he looks like he's moving super fast. We're just like out of phase from the space-time continuum. I mean, that's that's a valid theme. I mean, why not? Yeah. Which then would explain why he can hear the music. 
Yeah, uh, that's that's my theory. Okay. Either that or he figured out how to wire his headphones to like play super fast. I guess that's that's a possibility too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, if uh, I guess we don't have any more stories, news stories that we want to talk about. Yeah, I guess we got to get into this episode. Let's now. go ahead and get into this episode. <laughs> Uh, chapter seven, the lost sister, uh, basically a rewind episode. If you want to put it that way, it's a side story, side kind story. Of? Yeah. yeah. A nice side quest. The reason why there's nine episodes in this season is, yeah. as opposed to eight, uh, L or 11 or Jane, <laughs> <laughs> uh, goes, goes on the uh, skirmish to find her sister. Cause we've already seen her find her mother, right? Yep. So now uh, she has reached out and mind touched <laughs> the other person, another per- or someone she remembers from the from the labs. Yeah, from the visions that she got from her mother, she realized there was someone else in the lab with a younger version of her. I presume. Yeah. Um, although some people speculate that might not have been Eleven. That Eleven would have been too young to be that other girl in that room. So. That's a whole different thing altogether right there. Mm. But anyway, yeah, so she, uh, I guess all she needs is like a little hint of who to look for. And that's, she can just take off into the astral projection <laughs> realm and find that person. And either that or her powers are just getting crazy strong. And that's going to be a problem, narratively speaking, I think, in the coming seasons. If like they just make her so OP that they have to write ways around her. And that <laughs> always sucks when they do that in stories. But um yeah so she tracks down uh eight i guess that's her number yeah eight um her name is what kali 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 yeah kali which is like the name of the hindu god of death or destruction destruction yeah so and she happens to be hindu looking so that's not racist at all not at all well i mean this these are people they they are taking on names their own so she named herself "Eh, okay i guess I mean, I don't know if that's any more racist or any less racist. <laughs> I'm just saying, in the story-wise, she should have picked her own name. I guess that's kind of like El Diablo being El Diablo. I was like, well, yes, yeah. I, I guess, guess, yeah. yeah. <laughs> gave that yourself, so well, cool. Uh, yeah, so she tracks down essentially like the most cliched group of 80s punks you can find. But they're so diverse. They are very diverse, <laughs> yes. That's also a very not... Uh, accurate to the time thing um but not even just like racially diverse they're like gender diverse they're uh, uh multinational multinational yeah. they're different ages yeah different sizes like it was it, i don't know that's their little their little gang of i guess quote unquote outsiders was very Odd. In a weird way, it was like a very X Men thing to do. To it was like this very diverse group of like You're essentially right. mutants, but only one of them really was had powers. Yeah, only one of them had that. That was another thing I was gonna say is like, we're. I mean, they each kind of like gave up the idea that Kali kind of saved them in in different ways, and that's why they were there, right? Yeah, like they believe in her cause. Yeah, so they're following her because of you know they respect her and. And she has powers and helps them get money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the one girl who I guess was the tailor of the group, the costumer of the group, I don't know, the one that gives Elle clothes, uh, she was looked like she needed to be on some meds. 
Yeah. <laughs> the fashionista that has been on a couple of benders in her day. Yeah. Yeah. The the one that really bothers me the most is the punk, though. The mohawk? Yes, because if I'm not mistaken, and I, I, I should have freeze-framed this and taken a screenshot, but I'm almost 100% positive he has a tattoo on his forehead that says damaged. I, I think you're right, because I think I remember thinking something like that too but not being like not having the forethought to be like ah, i should rewind that or i should or confirm that or, something. or yeah. something and i'm like oh like is this a thing on purpose or was this just like like mutual like convergence of minds coming up with this idea <laughs> coming he had a green mohawk he was pale kind of dark around the eyes it had like tattoos on his face and one that said damaged right on his forehead I'm like, this can't be a coincidence. I, I would say it's not a too coincidence. Too specific. Yeah. yeah. So essentially, that means that like L was unwittingly joining the League of Doom or something, <laughs> or, the, or a Suicide Squad. Yeah. Or this. Yeah, the, you know, <laughs> which kind of was, yeah, because they they said, certainly go on what could turn out to be suicide missions if it wasn't for uh, Kali's uh, powers, kind of getting them out of the jams. Well, see, now, one of the things that she, they say they do is they go and they track down people that, that did these bad things to them. Now, were they talking about just Akali? Like, were she just, just, were they all just tracking down people that work for Hawkins or the government no. labs or something? Or I think it was uh, people that have done them all wrong. So each individual one. Yeah. Okay. Like, that. Uh, that's what I didn't, I didn't quite get. And then... Like the one guy that they we see them track down, like it just—I don't know—like it just seemed random, very random. Yeah, like that dude was not somebody that you saw in season one, but in, in season two, they definitely made sure to show him in the flashbacks where they, he was the one that electroshocked El's mom. Yeah, and uh, that actor I really like. I've seen him in a lot of things. Oh yeah, I've he seen him in like a lot of things. Too, Constantine, yeah. X Files. He was in um, one of my favorite movies is uh, Identity. I'm going to have to disagree with you there, but that'll be a conversation for another day. No, you don't have to disagree that it's my fa- one of my favorite movies. No, that it's a good movie. I, I didn't I didn't even say that. <laughs> I, I do think it is a good movie, but you can't disagree that it's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> no, I think you're mistaken that you like this movie. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But yeah, no, when I saw him, and he was in the second season of uh, The Walking Dead also. That is true, yeah. He, he was, was Otis. Uh, Otis, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, yeah, and when I saw him, I was like, oh, well, he's definitely going to have more of a role later on. Nope. <laughs> well, I mean, kind of. He, he has well, a, he set a big thing in motion, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just didn't uh, I didn't quite understand that if they were all working to help her or if they were all having – they're all doing their own thing. So – yeah, it, I think it was all related for sure. Yeah, it's it's good that I mean it's not good because they're going around killing people, but it, it, I see where the the idea of their unity com, com, comes from. Yeah, and and they're not killing killing for evil; they're killing for good. Yeah, y- y- yeah, <laughs> uh, about that. Um, no, I I don't know. I don't know what to say about that whole thing. One thing I do want to know is that why do you think that did they wear masks to hide their identity or do they wear masks just purely to intimidate? Because there's such a different like their group, like the way their group looks and especially to do with the Mohawk, like putting a mask on him, people are still going to be able to identify him. 
and then you go like, oh, well, there's a there's a giant black guy, you know, a crazy haired <laughs> white girl, uh, Indian girl, and a big a tall white guy with a mohawk. Even though they're not wearing masks, I'm betting that's still the same group of people. My theory is that the masks were more for like scare and intimidation than for like hiding their identities. Okay. Because that would be a little more jarring to have somebody whose face you can't see, you know, being aggressive with you. And they had kind of a like the perch vibe going on with those masks. <laughs> I, I see. I went to strangers. Oh yeah, that works too. But yeah, yeah, definitely the purge. They 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 were using that a lot too. Uh, I mean, what do you think? is some of the big like things that that why this episode is hated or not hated but not ill received or is ill received i think it's because it's too much of a detraction from the main story okay. I mean, it has nothing to do we're not in hawkins we're not in hawkins we're you in what, chicago yeah somewhere like that yeah we're, because you know <laughs> or wasn't it was it Chicago or Philadelphia? Uh, I think I think Mama was in Philadelphia or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was something really random. And I'm like, how does she get around this fast? Like, <laughs> I mean, I know hitchhiking saves money. but So the episode features Eleven meeting her sister in Chicago with a group of miscreants. See, now, one of the reasons I knew that it was Chicago, and it's because of the movie <laughs> Adventures in Babysitting. I was so, thinking about that. Whenever you see that diamond building, yeah. <laughs> it's the building that uh, the girl was hanging off of at the end of the at the end of the movie. I got the babysitting blues. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, it, yeah. We're in Chicago. We're not in Hawkins anymore. Which Hawkins is Indiana? Yes. Okay. That is correct. Okay. Yeah, uh, because the joke is that uh, Steve is John Ralphio from. Parks and Recs, like which is Pawnee, Wild, which is Pawnee, Indiana. Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that was Pawnee, Indiana. Yeah, okay. which I don't think is a real city, but it takes place in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, wouldn't that make him? Wouldn't that make him Henry Winkler? Because John Ralphio's dad's Henry Winkler. In I that. think he's adopted. Oh, I guess I never realized that. Yeah, yeah. There's in, like a whole Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah. There's like a whole. Uh, like conspiracy or a fan theory that actually kind of lines up with <laughs> he was a young he was a young dad so and they yeah, gave up the yeah, baby like for he, he adoption up nancy and they gave up the kid and like basically left them at an orphanage and like the nearest it, town over which would have been pawnee and and henry winkler went and adopted him henry winkler adopted him for like you know tax reasons or something like that that's why he wasn't really there for them Except for just to give them money to make them go away. Basically, yeah. That's why he turned out to be a huge scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but see, to me, this episode is just kind of on par with the a lot of the episodes this, this whole season of the, the group not being together, uh, people being separated, you know, Elle doing whatever she wants to uh, uh, rebel against uh, Hopper. Yeah, but I what I understand from it is it feels like it went too far in the wrong direction. Okay. And this basically almost everything that happens in this story leads to nothing. Um, well, to me, I would say that, and not to cut you off, but to cut you off, I think <laughs> yeah. the biggest thing that you get out of this episode is that they're like, we're going to train her to use her power better. 
Yeah, how to focus her anger or whatever yeah, she did. Finger, oh, focus and, her emotion. I mean, it did set up some really interesting stuff. Like when they finally go to that orderly or whoever that guy was to, to his house to kill him, uh, you know, L ends up having mercy on him because, you know, he, his two daughters were there too. They mm-hmm. thought he was alone. Right. Um, and then he reveals that Dr. Brenner's still alive. That's scary. And that was just like out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, we had no indication. We all assumed he died in the first uh, season at the end when the Demogorgon got a hold of everybody. Right. Um, there didn't appear to be any survivors, but apparently Brenner's still alive. And then they kind of just dropped that story arc right then and there. <laughs> well, I think that's 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 part of the whole we need to set up stuff for season three now. And that's kind of what this felt like. This felt like a side story that didn't pertain to this season. It could have been like... Oh, and this is what Eleven was up to when she wasn't around this last time, you know, mm-hmm. and, and put it in there where it makes more narrative sense. Here it just feels kind of out of place. I mean, realistic or not, as far as, I mean, my biggest thing is, like, did she really have enough time to go to, like, see her mom and then go hang out with this gang and do all this stuff and then come back in time to, you know, go back into the the B-plot, essentially? Well, or? If, if you, I don't know, if you take into account the point, the part when she leaves, she leaves the cabin after Hopper takes off because he thinks about the, no, because he gets the message from Joyce, right? I believe that's what it was, yeah. Did so, he ever even go back? No, because the night before is when she destroys the windows. Yeah. He gets the message from Joyce uh, to come come check her, uh, to come help with Will. And, and then he goes and digs around. And then he goes and digs around. But I think she'd already left by that point. Yeah. Cause she, so how much time is that? I've been wanting to go back and look at a, a timeline. Because like, at the most, she should have only been gone for like three days. But it felt like she was gone for like at least a couple of weeks. Yeah, you would think that. I would say probably at the most a week. But yeah, it it does it does seem pretty it does it doesn't seem like it's longer than three days yeah so because that, I mean she takes a truck to to her mom's, house. her mom's place in Philadelphia I think she takes the bus from Philadelphia to Chicago but yeah. then again that's all East Coast stuff and I, you know apparently things are close to each yeah. other over there everything is much more condensed over here we have to drive out. long times to get to other cities yeah but. Uh, we're like 30 miles away from each other yeah. for some reason. <laughs> exactly. We live in the same city, but yeah. 30 miles apart. Um, so I don't know. It, it didn't really bother me all that much, but I could understand where it was. it's disconnecting for other people. Well, here's where it bothered me as well. We get introduced to this group in the cold open of the first episode of this season. We don't see them again until this episode. Right. This episode is nothing but them. Right. Should have been parsed out, you think? I think we should have had a little more, yeah. Because this just feels like it just kind of comes out of nowhere. And then at the end of the episode, they take off. They basically part ways. And, I mean... Well, I mean, but you gotta, you got to imagine that, isn't, that, that has to mean that in the next season, they're going to they're, they're gonna come to a... Something's going to happen. Like, they're, they're going to... 
either get exposed or they're going to come f- try and find her and recruit her again. You know what, though? The Last Jedi has given me a really sour, like, foul taste in my mouth as far as continuity and series goes. <laughs> I, I don't, I can't trust any uh, show or movie now that they're going to pay off what they set up. Oh, well, I, I can't trust. I have to treat it as a standalone and. If it continues into something meaningful, then I'll be pleasantly surprised. But I just don't want to have my heart broken again. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I understand that. I, I know where you're coming from. But uh, I have to I have to say that I, I at least believe that they're setting something up. Because I can see it as with, with uh, would you say Matthew Modine's character's name is? Dr. Brennan? Dr. Brenner. Brenner? Yeah. You know, he comes back in the next season or that's, you know, it's it's L telling Hopper that he's still alive and he goes looking for him. And then you find out that there's multiple labs across the country. And now you got a whole like army of people with powers going to look for Brenner, Brenner because they're pissed off at him. Or you have people with powers on his side that are working for him, you know, to like what he originally did, you know, wanted them for. Eventually we're going to get to we the get, one. Well, we, well, we, first we got to have the X-Men versus the league of evil mutants, you know, what is it? League? No brotherhood of evil mutants. The brotherhood of evil. So he, he's, I don't know, he's these the guys were more like the Morlocks though. It's true. They were the Morlocks. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know. And then, Hey, Kali, Kaliban, very close. Yeah, there you go. Um, that, I mean, that's what I get assumed is going to happen, but I, who knows? Yeah, definitely not. So, <laughs> basically, yeah. So this episode, uh, the the only real takeaways are L learns how to use her powers a bit more effectively, so she's able to move a, a like a piece of train or like a little train car it's, a tra- it's not a little train car it's, <laughs> it's a pretty big train car it's a train car it's a- it's coincidentally someone on reddit pointed out oh guys guys did you know that that type of train car is called the hopper eh eh get it <laughs> i did not know that i was like i'll take your word for it i'm not gonna look that up <laughs> so you know how and I, mean, I, I know that's the weird way for me to put it, but you know how uh, this show likes to do a lot of like Easter eggs and homages and, and credits to, to other things, especially stuff from the 80s? I do reckon. Okay. Uh, do you think he's called Hopper for like Dennis Hopper? Do you think they named him Hopper for that reason? I don't think so. No. Because what was Dennis Hopper really big for in the 80s other than like blue... Uh Blue, what was it? Blue Suede was that movie? I don't know which movie you're talking. I I just the think da- about it for Easy Rider though. David Lynch. Is it Blue Velvet? That's Blue Velvet. Oh, well, I mean, Blue Velvet's a thing though. Yeah, I guess it was, but I mean, but he's also an Easy Rider. I mean, I mean that's the seventies. That was seventies. But that's it's still. A- I would say if anything, the Hopper's probably more in line with like Roy Schneider from like Jaws than anything else. Cause- well, I mean, yes, he's that's his character, yeah. but I'm just mean the name itself. I want to say I don't think that's where it comes from. Okay, fair enough. It's it's one of those names that sounds kind of cool to say, like because you, you can shorten it and shorten it to Hop. You could say Hop. You could say it with the Bostonian accent. Say Hoppa. Hoppa. You know, like that would be kind of a, a, a character thing you can do. <laughs> uh, all right, I guess. 
We're stretching a bit. There, it, yeah. it is a little bit of a stretch, it, just a tad bit. Uh, you want to? Do you want to hear some of the the trivia that is is written down for this Hell particular yeah. episode? So it says here on IMDb that uh, Grant Morrison's The Invisibles, a comic book series by Grant Morrison's Invisibles, has a has an Easter egg. The the warehouse graffiti includes references to Grant Morrison's in comic book series The Invisibles. I, I I've never read that comic book series. I've never even heard of it till now. So. There you, go. there you go. The music used when Eleven, Kali, and her gang are preparing to leave to find Ray is from the deleted bank heist scene from Escape from New York, composer by, composed by John Carpenter. Oh. See, I just figured that was a general homage to like 80s sim scores, but I've never placed it as being a specifically to that movie. Specifically to the yeah. sim score of all sim scores. <laughs> like, how do you get your hands on... Uh, music composed by for a movie that didn't make it into the movie like how do you even know about that you know i've heard of stuff like that um like a lot of that stuff is kind of hanging around in studios and like for recording stuff like they'll have a bunch of stuff cataloged and it'll just be like in their like backlog of stuff like oh here's a sample of something from so-and-so and whatever and uh, having uh, worked recently with the guy who used to be a sound guy in Hollywood for a while, uh, yeah, he says that they'll have like a warehouse that's just like full of old, uh, like reel to reels of like the craziest things you could think of like, wow. from movies. So, yeah, they have stuff just kind of packed up. And just because it doesn't get used doesn't mean that they didn't save it. A lot of stuff, even if they don't use it, they keep it stored. As a matter of fact, I want to say that this reminds me of another story where some unused score from John Carpenter wasn't used for one of his movies, was repurposed for something else. Um, and I would have to look that up because I'm kind of butchering my own little like comment there, but uh, that I do remember something like that happening. Was it, was it, was it his Halloween score? I think so. Because I know that he's going to be scoring the new Halloween movie, the one by Danny, Danny McBride and David Gordon. Mm-hmm. Green, David Gordon Green, yeah. Which I heard that they're going to bring back the original Michael Myers for that. Well, the original body Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that means. The I, the I guy that the well they call actor. him the shape. The shape, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I imagine he's got to be pretty old by this point. I yeah, he'd have to be at least in the sixties. By I now. know in the Rob Zombie Halloween movies they had Tyler Maine, and I loved his version of it because yeah. it was just so brutal, oh. savage. He's dude, a, when he kills Ken Forey in the bathroom, I was like, damn. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> this movie's like going to go there. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, the number eight pops up several times in the episode, most notably at the beginning when Eleven's mom is watching TV and channel eight flashes across the screen. Eleven takes a bus, and as she gets off the bus, or gets off, the numbers 422 are seen on the door. Four plus two plus two equal eight. When Eleven first enters the hideout, an eight ball graffiti from billiards pool can be visible visibly seen. Zero zero eight is tattooed on Kali, the lost sister of the of the title, and unfortunately it is just the seventh episode of season eight. <laughs> season two, not the eighth. Uh you know, I remember I remember seeing the eight ball graffiti 
but other than that, I didn't see anything else. And I, I don't know what it was. I guess I just picked up on the eight ball graffiti, and I was like, oh, I wonder why they uh, that's so prominent. But now that makes sense now. Well, I remember when I was in high school, for some reason, the eight ball was really in. Well, it's all drug culture. I guess I <laughs> didn't realize that. That's just well, like, I didn't realize it back then either, <laughs> but I know that now. What does that mean? I still don't know. I think it's heroin. Oh. It's an eight ball of heroin. Yeah, we're nerds. I guess yeah, we don't really know. About I, I, I don't know about stuff like that. <laughs> uh, the lowest rated episode of the entire se- series on IMDb. Yeah, maybe they'll, you know, and I don't want them to be discouraged from trying kind of non-formula stuff like this because this was a risk they took. Right. Kind of diverting from the regular narrative. Mm-hmm. But I hope they learned from it so that if they do try something like this again, Maybe they kind of work out the kinks where it flows a little better or it kind of fits in overall. Because it was just, it really just was kind of like a jarring experience of like, wait a minute, like, where am I now? I felt like out of place or like lost in the story suddenly, like I missed an episode or something. (laughs) It really kind of felt like, or like maybe like, you know, like when, and that's kind of weird, but like if you were watching a movie in a theater and the projectionist put the reels in the wrong order, (laughs) you're like, what? What just happened? Yeah, I saw a movie like that once, and I'm like, I what? Like, I thought it was a really experimental movie for a moment. <laughs> no, it was just told out of order. <laughs> uh, when Eleven enters her baby room in Mama's house, there is a picture of the white rabbit in the wall. This is a reference to Lewis Carroll's book Alice, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, which tells the story of Alice, a girl who's who follows the ra- the white rabbit into his burrow, falls into a bottomless hole, and enters in a fantastic, surreal world full of strange creatures. This is similar to what happens in Stranger Things. Yeah, didn't Kali have a rabbit tattoo? Or am I mixing something else? You're thinking of The Matrix. Well, I know that's in The Matrix, too. <laughs> but I'm saying that I thought there was more more uh, Alice in Wonderland specifically in this episode. Mm. Um, imagery. I don't know. I, I, I Sometimes I don't pick up on things like that for some reason. Yeah. So those little symbolisms that they do in there. As a matter of fact, I I want to say that the uh, the little mobile or mobile that's in Eleven's room uh-huh. also had some kind of weird symbolism on it. And I can't remember what it was now. There was something weird about her mobile that uh, was like, oh, yeah, isn't this kind of interesting that this, the images of this thing floating over the baby thing it kind of <laughs> seems like whatever. Well, you know, it's it's uh, it could have been something. I don't know. <laughs> and if we haven't talked about enough uh, Star Wars, this episode mirrors Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back in several ways. It says, Eleven leaves Hawkins in... All she knows to find her sister with similar abilities who seemingly has a grasp on her powers and how to control them. Luke leaves his friends to find the only other Jedi Master in in Yoda in the Dagobah system to harness his powers. Eleven tries to move the train container, holding her hand out very much like Luke and Yoda trying to move the X-Wing out of the swamp. By the end of the episode, Eleven decides to leave her sister to go back to Hawkins to help her friends who are in trouble, Luke has to leave Yoda in order to go help his friends who have just fallen into the hands of the Empire in Cloud City. So that's a little bit of stretch. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just conforming. It's 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 the definitely the tropes of learning how to use your inner power. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one thing you have to, you have to take into account is, uh, you know, IMDb is done by... Uh, 
the people who use the website, you know, like it's the contributors are the people that use it. So it's fans. So as long as it gets approved for not having bad language or hurtful speech, you know, it, it gets the, whatever you put in there gets approved usually. Basically. Yeah. I mean, like anybody can put in their two cents. (laughs) Uh, and last one, the the, epi- uh, the episode features Eleven meeting her sister in Chicago with a group of miscreants. When she helps them locate one of the bad men, they mention the town of uh, Lilburn. There is no Lilburn in Illinois or Indiana. Lilburn is a town located in the metro Atlanta area where Stranger Things is filmed. A similar mistake was made in season one when the city of Cartersville is mentioned, along with the Etowah River. Uh, which are located in the northwest in northwest Georgia. So there's there's your little bit of trivia. Nothing real plot heavy. Yeah, I think it's funny that it's filmed in Georgia. Like, Everything's filmed in fucking Atlanta now, man. I guess. Yeah, they got some good tax breaks down there. They really do. They really do. I mean, I just remember when everything was filmed in Vancouver. Now it's everything's filmed in Atlanta. Like it's not just TV shows; it's TV shows and movies. That's where all the like Marvel movies are, sh- are filmed in Atlanta. Yeah, that is true. And Walking oh, Dead's yeah. filmed in Georgia, or just just north of Atlanta, from what I understand. Well, that took place in Georgia, didn't it? Well, originally? Uh, yeah, at first, yeah, and then eventually it moved their way up to DC, mm-hmm. and who knows where that's going to end up? In space, maybe the moon. I, I honestly, I don't think it's going to go on from for more than two more seasons. Yeah, but I, the comic's still running. The comic's still running, but it, but the I think I do think Robert Kirkman has said that he has the end date in in sight for the comic season for the comic series. That's another thing that I don't feel is going to pay off. With uh, well, I think the <laughs> I don't think the comic series is going to. I I guess he also has a, a uh, the last story of that figured out, but. I, I don't know. I think that I think the 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 show and the comic series are going to end two completely different ways. Which I also think the same thing is going to happen with Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, that we talk about so. for sure. Yeah. So there there's that. All right. Was there anything else about this episode that you wanted to go over, talk about? Um, just that by the end of it, uh, it's almost like it never happened. Al just gets a vision of uh, Mike in danger and. Uh, we basically see a flash of how episode six ended with uh, demo dogs starting to crawl up the uh, that shaft in yeah. the Hawkins lab. Mm-hmm. So she sees that this is happening in real time and uh, decides to bust a move and get out of there and go back home to help her friends. And Kali and all of her ragtag group of miscreants, which is a very good way to downplay that they're a bunch of criminals. <laughs> murdering uh, criminals? Yeah, murdering criminals, thieves. Uh, decide to just go a different direction. So, will we see them again? Who knows? That basically they drop off the, you know, edge of the world. And as far as this story is concerned, until further notice. Good way to put it. Okay. Uh, if anybody else has any info they'd like to drop on us, or questions, or comments about what we talked about today, we'd love to hear from you. I'm on Twitter as at agent underscore of the underscore bat. John's also on Twitter as. I am at Magic Bollocks. The rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Facebook, or no, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram. <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page, and Geek Elite Radio.com is our website. 
come in, come in there, check out some of the archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember, always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.